The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast. Appreciate you listening. Man. What? Man, oh man. When's the last time you, you <sighs> sultry little scallywag, high little booty barnacle, decided to go ahead and attach your hand to your schmackle? You're going to want to start giving us a couple of dollars, okay? <laughs> a couple of dollars for the Patreon episodes. He's right. Because the one we recorded this week might be... The sexiest roughhouse we've ever Man, done. It, it, and I wouldn't recommend you ever do this, but if you listen uh, to the roughhouse at all with your children, do not listen to the Patreon exclusive of this week with your children. Do not. I'll one up you. Do not have children. <laughs> and then you can do and listen to whatever the fuck you want. You can have as much money as you Hard want to argue. and live wherever you Hard want. Hard to argue. Yes. So. Give Christoph. I'm telling you, if you if you want to sign up for the free month with one dollar right. of our Patreons, yeah, you're gonna want to do it for this last one because it gets sultry, oh. it gets hot, it's sticky, it gets sticky icky, the stickiest of oh. the ickies. So you go and enjoy y'all selves over there. And if you do listen to this week's Patreon podcast, which just a little tease, you're gonna hear some hot erotic fan fiction. You're going to want to have yourself some Johnson & Johnson baby oil and a cool cloth nearby for you to expunge your contents into. Or, as our old friend would say, his jack rug. Oh, yeah, the jack rug. forgot about that. That was a good time. Oh, yeah, if you want us to come to your house and watch wrestling and pay us, we can do that, too. That'd be fun. I'd be down for that again. I would love that. That was a good time. I would love that. So here we are. We find ourselves beginning this podcast with a moment of good news, with a moment of brightness on the horizon, with a moment of, dear God, we didn't think it was going to happen, and who knows if it will, but it's looking more and more likely that it will. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Robert Rodriguez is a huge fan of Lucha Underground, and season four looks to be very, very likely, according to El Rey executives. Yeah, that uh, that news came out today. I think it was Matt Fowler from IGN broke it at the Television Critics uh, Luncheon or whatever. He talked to um, 
the execs at El Rey, and they said how much they love the show and that it's kind of it's even paved the way for other programming. So they said that there's a, a, a the, the odds are in their favor for a new season. No word yet on any returning uh, performers. Whether uh, that be wrestlers or commentators or anything, we don't know. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about that the past couple of weeks, um, and obviously, no no dates or anything set. But uh, but this is the first word we've heard of it in months regarding a new season, and the fact that they said that things are looking up is uh, is is definitely a good sign. Puts me a little bit more at ease in terms of my Lucha Underground, which unfortunately I'm two episodes behind, and that kills me inside. But. Um, some good news today if you're a fan of the Lucha, so uh, uh, I, I can sleep a little easier tonight. That's nice to know, yeah, that they said that well, the wrestlers give a <clears throat> 150% yeah. that they're really dedicated to the project. Robert Rodriguez loves the show, can't wait to make more, uh, and he loves working with, this is, um, oh, who's the gentleman? Uh, El Rey Network's chief executive officer, Skip Chazon, says he loves working with Eric Van Wagen, Wagen. Wagen and Krista yep. Joseph, who we've interviewed before. I think it's time we uh, get talking to him again. He says the whole experience is just awesome. Everyone likes it. There's a couple of people that have kind of moaned and groaned, most notably Ricochet, right. Prince Puma, about getting back in. So does he show up? No big deal. If he doesn't, it would be a shame to lose him, but I think there's plenty more wrestlers there. Yeah. And if Robert Rodriguez steps it in and dumps a couple of bucks into the damn thing, that'd be great. And like you said, it opened the, day, the way for another show on there called Bushido Battleground. Right. Ten-episode, two-hour series showcasing elite fighters in the full-contact sport of MMA, submission, jiu-jitsu, and Muay Thai from around the world. So it's going to sort of be like a an Anthony Bourdain, no reservations, where people just beat the fuck out of yeah, each that's other. Intriguing. And no one eats anything. I'm not even super huge into MMA, and that... that, that uh that synopsis of the show is is intriguing to me. So I feel like that would be something I, I could watch. So that's nice to know. That's nice to yeah. hear that there's there's brightness uh, in regards to season four of Lucha Underground. I would wonder how they would do the tapings, being that they're you know a good chunk into the second half of the third right. season. Would they man? Is there going to be like one of those big HBO gaps in between seasons of shit, or are they going to get right to it as soon as they can get to it and start cranking these things out as they film them, like they did? But I believe season one they filmed and released and were filming and releasing. Correct? They'd have a few in the can and would roll I, them out. I, I believe be I'm filming. not 100 percent on that, but I believe that's how they were operating at first. Um, and that you know that that could work. It puts a little bit of pressure on on the editing and even the the production staff too, because you know it's not just shooting four episodes of, you know, um, Ring of Honor in an evening at Dewburn's Arena where you just set up one batch of cameras, roll, and, and maybe cut some backstage promos, and that's it. With Lucha, you have a lot of um, independently filmed things, very cinematically filmed things that take a lot of uh, post-production to put together. So um, they'd have to go uh, uh, record a fair amount in advance, I'd imagine, um, before they can start pumping them out. But, you know... Uh, it, I, Thinking about it and how it would, how uh, much effort it would take to organize, I don't know if I could see him recording before early next year. Um, a lot of that stuff takes time. You know, wrestler schedules um, have already filled up because they hadn't heard anything. They were supposed to start filming in the fall, but they hadn't heard anything. So I would imagine they started taking some dates. So availability of wrestlers is going to be an issue, and you know, getting union crew down there. There's a, a, a whole kinds of logistic. Um, bullshit and hoops to jump through for that, but uh, you know, hopefully, ugh, I don't even know. 
mid uh, spring next year at the earliest, if I had a, a, a conservative guess on when we can see a season four. Yeah, I would say at the earliest, we're looking at spring of next year. Uh, if they're able to secure as many of the talents as yeah. possible to get recording. But, hey, I think it's a high time we talk to Joseph again yeah. and see if we can go ahead and get the get it right out of the horse's mouth himself. There might be uh, no better person to talk to than one of the guys responsible for He's it. So in the know. Let's see if we can. Hey, now, speaking of, of recording things and production costs sure. and all that, did you see Jerry Lawler discussing uh, the possibilities of Vince McMahon killing talking smack and how that's probably not the case and he kind of laid it out as to why he believes he just hypothesized but believes sort of being inside as to why uh he says on a uh, dinner with the king podcast as far as anything like vince's decision who knows other than vince i'd highly doubt me knowing personally vince and knowing the situation that the story about the new day's appearance had any accuracy to it whatsoever that was the new day making um, their being featured in the blue brand right yeah uh, I'm sure the guest on Talking Smack and all of that is probably run by Vince before the show because he knows for a fact that he was going to be on Talking Smack and was run by Vince before I was allowed to be on there. That Vince had a direct hand in Talking hmm. Smack. He knew about the segments. Here's what he thinks happened. He thinks it's logistics. When you're talking to these guys and crew and cameramen and hosts that have been there all day so long and you ask them to stay an extra few extra hours while everything else is being broken down and all the other superstars have left to go back to their hotel or make their way into the next city, it is tough. And I'm sure there were some complaints from people that were not too happy about doing that as opposed to the one after the pay-per-view, which is relatively easy when you do it once a month. So it might just have been a case of when they get done with a SmackDown, they want to get the fuck on the road. Well, they still have they want to get back to after SmackDown, though. Yeah, but those those are those are younger folk. Those are, 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 are cruiserweights. Those are a different category of people. I bet those two hundred fivers can show up probably even a little bit later than the SmackDown guys. I gotta wonder if they're there all day well, long for perform- performers. Yeah, but not for the crew. You know, because they're still there. They're still filming. They're still doing everything afterwards. You know, that, <clears throat> I mean, I, I guess I see Lawler's point, but. Or is it 205 Live that's killing it? 205 Live has to be filmed, right. and then that, and 205 Live is draining it. That's a possibility. Yeah. You know, cancel that fucking show. Put the cruiserweights on the main shows. Keep the cruiserweights, you know, maybe trim the roster down a little bit. Kill 205 and maybe get that back. But it, it sounds like it just might be a case, according to Jerry Lawler, of just assets and people's time just might have been stretched too thin. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do 205 Live at 7 p.m. and either tape uh, tape it and then air it you know, after Talking Smack, which airs at 10 after SmackDown from 8 to 10. So then, because that was one of the other really annoying things about Talking Smack is SmackDown ended and it could have ended with like a, a hot fire segment that was great. But then you have to wait an hour of 205 Live before you get into Talking Smack. So you kind of cool on whatever happened before you get the dirt behind it. So that was a that was a, a, one of the, the negatives of of, uh, of Talking Smack. But it, and it wasn't because of that. It was because of 205. Yeah, and it's what's interesting, too, is that, uh, you know, the show not doing great, 205 Live. And apparently the WWE Network subscriber count is down. It is down not slightly, at one. I it's gonna be. Yeah. It's down to one point six three million. You'd think this rolled out in what two thousand fourteen? Uh, yeah, I think I it's been three years. That sounds right. 
Yeah, that they had it as high uh, as 1.9 million, 1.94 million subscribers. So that has now dropped to 1.63 million subscribers with 1.15 domestic, million domestic and 410 international. So they, they've lost a relatively sizable chunk and they've never reached the 2 million subscriber no. mark. Now, that's not saying that the network is in dire straits or anything like that, but what do they got to do? What do they need to do to the network to get over that 2 million hump? They say they want more women, you're getting the May Young Classic. Right. You say you want cruiser rates, you're getting cruiser weights. You say you want old Raws, you're getting old Raws. I mean, wrestling fans do have a hand in demanding something, and then the minute they get it, they move on. They're just like, we demand this be a thing. Like, okay, here you go. All right, what's next now? Yeah. Like, everyone, could, they had their entire hands up their asses for the cruiserweights. Right. They're like, here you go. Here's well, an old show. Why are none of you watching well, it? Well, the short answer for that is because 205 Live isn't like the Cruiserweight Classic. You're not getting the style of matches. You're getting WWE matches with those cruiserweights. Um and you know we've talked we've talked about that at great length. It, it, it's just it's not the same. Um uh in terms of what what they can do to to break that 2 million dollar hurdle, I think you know, if we know anything about WWE is that they love being the only game in town. They love being the one-stop shop. You know, if you want the biggest stars in pro wrestling, you come to WWE. I think working out these deals with um uh Promotions like Evolve and promotions, uh, you know, um, IC, whatever, ICW. ICW yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The ones like that. Work out deals with that to provide their content on the network. Um, I think that would be the next logical step because there's only there's only so much in-ring action with the WWE roster that, that one can take. And I think a, a fresh... Um, a new promotion, a new batch of people uh, could invigorate that. And, you know, Evolve comes with their own fans that are kind of, um, you know, they kind of thumb their nose at WWE. You know, you know how indie smarks are. Pro Wrestling Girl right. is, is, is the, oh, God, is the, the vinyl shop. Huge. Well, PWG is so, fuck, it is, it is the Vatican of smarks. It is. That... I don't think they they would no longer be PWG if PWG went onto the network. Would it have a vibrantly loud audience? Yes. Would it be a large one? No. PWG audiences think it's huge. Well, PWG is is big, and part of the charm of PWG is that PWG refuses to move into a different building. So they they love the feel of that bingo hall in in California and that's where they keep going and that's, you know, it's a hard ticket to get. You know, press can't get tickets unless your last name's Meltzer uh to a PWG show, you know? You got the wait in line and, and try to buy tickets just like everybody else. Um and PWG could probably fill a, you know, 1000 to 1500 seat venue in in that whatever city they film in Reseda maybe um but they won't they they'll they'll keep it to 400 because that's PWG here's, here's unfortunately PWG again it's the, one of those companies that while so creative and so interesting burns so brightly but so minusculely uh, let me compare it Matt Stoney he is a guy that does food challenges on YouTube okay. has a 2.9 million subscriber base. It's decent. Pro Wrestling Gorilla yeah. has 44,000. It's 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 a tiny 
tiny audience. Well, I mean, you would need a lot of these. Wrestling is niche to begin with, a little more niche than food challenges. I'm not sure that's a completely fair comparison. But, But we're talking about wrestling when you're talking about audiences. And when you want to talk about an audience, you need a large audience. And pro pro wrestling. How many, how many ain't subscri- that. subscribers on YouTube does WWE have? Uh, I'm sure it's a shit ton. I'm point. not going to. I'm not going to say it's twenty thousand. Let's see. We have. I'm just curious. Here, WWE has approximately. Hold on before this thing starts playing. Seventeen million. Okay. Seventeen million YouTube subscribers. Let's. Uh, for example, let's do another one here. Let's do. Uh, let's just do TNA. Let's see yeah. if TNA Impact has their own. TNA has one million. Okay. What about Ring of Honor? So. Uh, ROH, let's see another one here. ROH Wrestling. Let's hop on over here, see what their user base is. 163,000. Okay. So you're going to need a lot of these things. You're not going to need the bells of the ball only. Ring of Honor, Evolve, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, Shikara. You're going to need like 20 of these things to move the needle. Because not all 160,000 Ring of Honor YouTube subscribers, this is, that's just one audience to pull from, sure. are going to sign up for the network to get their Ring of Honor wrestling right. or to get their Evolve wrestling or whatever. Their Pro Wrestling Gorilla would probably have the largest contingent of online viewers watching the network, being that Pro Wrestling Gorilla is very internet heavy. Yeah. You're going to need a lot of these things. You're going to need to put together, I mean, damn near a network that is owned by the WWE, but you're talking like 20 independents to make some sizable movement. I mean, to add all of these things together to get a couple of million YouTube subscribers total, of which a few hundred thousand might sign up. Right. And there's a lot of crossover, too, in that, you know, fans of PWG are most likely fans of Ring of Honor and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean... Do you think... Then let me throw this one out there at you. Um... The other massive company, by the way, uh, 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 New Japan Pro Wrestling, I just looked up, 170,000 subscribers. Okay. What would be the possibility of one day them going to New Japan? Because they worked with all Japan in the past. New Japan in the past. Uh, Hustle, they used to work with Zero One and, and little you know, crossover events and stuff. And, right. and nowhere near as much anymore. Hell, WCW did. Yeah. WCW even had like, these weird like Japanese tag team matches out of nowhere. Of acknowledging, like, okay, this is a large company in New Japan Pro Wrestling that it, TNA, we don't want to fuck with domestically because that's domestic competition. But New Japan is still primarily Land of the Rising Sun with some new American interjection. I would wonder one day if they want to sit down and like, hey, let's let's talk here. Let's do a little something. And and you guys are hot. You guys got some. You got the Wrestle Kingdom. You got the G One. Yeah. You're trying to get into America. We are America. You want to break bread and do a little something, and we'll broadcast your shit, and we'll get a slice of it, and help you with production and penetration. Let me ask you this: If New Japan, um, so New New Japan World's ten bucks a month, right? I believe so. Yes. So if New Japan were on the <clears throat> WWE network, would you pay fifteen dollars a month? Just New Japan, no. Okay. But if I had New Japan and a handful of other independents, and by that I mean a handful, give me give me you want ten options. If I had, That's, if I had, I want yeah. options, and I want I want a big anchor. I want something on there like a New Japan or 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 a Pro Wrestling Gorilla for me because I enjoy them, or or a Ring of Honor. I need one big one, and then give me some smaller ones in there. Iron City Wrestling, MCW. Uh, NWA, Ironside, uh, um, you know MCW. Yes, another great one. 
give me one anchor like, oh, shit, yeah, you know what? I'll pay five bucks to get these guys, but I'm going to need a little bonus content. Bonus me some independence in there also. Give me that goofy JCW juggalo shit. I'll watch that for a fucking laugh. I was just going to say that, yeah. Wrestle Circus is another big one that that, uh, goes down in Texas, too. And you can you can go now, to Mexico too. You could get uh, you can go to Mexico CMLL or AAA. I know AAA is in bed exactly. with uh, with GFW right now, um, and I think no, New Japan's in bed with Ring of Honor. I mean, and okay, well, but this: what if you couldn't get New Japan, but you could get uh, Pro Wrestling Noah and Dragon Gate? Do those two add up to uh, New Japan? They don't, unfortunately. Right. Just the big, or, the big, all big Japan. stars are all in New yeah. Japan, and all Japan. Just unfortunately, with your your Naitos and Tanahashi's yeah. and Okadas and Omegas and you know Kushida uh, Elgin. Yeah, you, you need you, you need those guys. Yeah, Evil. You yeah. need those guys. And Los and Gobernales. <laughs> I I think that would be a great anchor, but. I would need a, a couple of more things. I would love Dragon Gate also. Um, yeah. You got to wonder, would you be able to book people on the same network that could be rivals? New Japan, All Japan, New Japan, Dragon that's where Gate, it gets muddy. ROH Evolve. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be big money for us as viewers. Difficult behind the right. scenes to keep all of these people happy. And then what do you do about people jumping from company to company? Yeah. Does it make it easier? Does it make it, it, makes it harder? harder? But it's this is all getting back to the original argument or, or discussion of how to get over that 2 million hump. And I still would like to think one day, they took the biggest gamble of their life, the biggest gamble, and so far I think it's paid dividends financially, not maybe a windfall, definitely not creatively, as we get into battle rounds in a little bit, but getting away from the pay-per-view model and going to the network. One day, getting away from the television model and getting on to the network. That right now, there's a lot of ad dollars. There's a lot of money from USA. They're getting all kinds of money from yeah. them. But if they could, if they could find out, if they jump from 1.9, or I'll just round it to two, yeah. two million. If you knew that you can jump to four million viewers, like a a two share would not be a great share. But imagine if each one of those people was paying ten bucks right. to watch Raw and SmackDown a month. You don't give a fuck if your ratings are two million viewers per week. If you're getting ten dollars from them a month, you got four million subscribers. You are laughing all the way to the fucking bank, yeah. and you don't need to be beholden to the standards and practices of television anymore. To the commercial break, Raw could still have just as much content as a Raw, but without the commercials for and the you most could do part. Outside of placement, yeah, you still and could. You could definitely still do advertisements. And, yeah. and I think it would be a much better paced show. I would hope one day they roll they roll the dice again. And move Raw and SmackDown to the network as we get away from broadcast TV and some of its concerns. Well, that's the thing. Broadcast TV isn't even that big anymore. You know, first it was broadcast and then it was cable. And cable's not even that big because people are cutting the cord, you know. And, you know, you have Netflix, which has become a juggernaut. Um, You have uh, Hulu, which they're in bed with, which is part of NBC Universal, I believe Hulu is. Um, Or they just have a deal with them. I'm not sure whether or not it's owned by Comcast. Um but uh, which is a fucking cable company. <laughs> it, it all comes back to, yeah. you know, to, to that. Um, it's the same companies across different mediums. Right. Like one day the station I work for, 98 Rock, will not have a tower. You will just get you will get it strictly through yeah. online listenership and an app or something like that. The content will remain the same. The delivery system will be different. It's like a store selling the same things, but the facade and the makeup of the facility sure. changing. Like buying off brand. You'll just get it. 
Yeah, you'll just get it through a different medium. Yeah. I don't think you need to have lead-ins with Law and & Order and, and, and outros to reruns of Renegade or whatever the fuck they show. Uh, R.I.P. Lorenzo um, character in Luchando. R.I.P., brother. God damn, that sleeveless fucking vest as you come careening across that Mojave <laughs> desert skyline with that chick you tried to pitch us hot and your weird Indian sidekick, whoever he was. It was like Johnny Three Paws or something, or you know, Fingerfuck Wolftoe yeah, or whatever I his think name. That was it. Yeah, <clears throat> Fingerfuck Wolftoe. Yeah, let's just let's just cannonball into the above ground pool of cat shit. That was battleground. That was battleground. Oh. That battleground. Yes, man. Well, wow. We kept our expectations low, and they still weren't met. No, it was it was uh, <clears throat> one of the worst uh, pay per views in recent memory. I'd, I'd I'd say really it was bad. Really, only one killer match. Everything else was too long and too obstructed and too too much. It was just too much. So the the match of the night with with I think without a question was the tag team match that started the show started the show proper. I'm not talking about Aiden English and Ty Dillinger because yeah, who cares really at this point? Sorry, all three Ty Dillinger fans out there. Um. So uh, the tag team match was great, man. Uh, Xavier Woods looked like a million bucks. The Usos have just been vicious as fuck, and I love it. Um, and they went with they went with Kofi and Woods, which was uh, not something they normally do. And the the announcers put it over as it being a strategic thing because everybody, you know, the Usos included, were expecting and put a game plan together to, to face Big E, who is you know this massive. Um, super athletic human being that that's out there and that they switched it up uh with having uh with woods in there instead obviously kofi's a no-brainer um but woods was look great man he sold he pulled off some amazing maneuvers um there were there were a lot of really fun spots in that match it was a great match the usos are doing such good heel work they're doing a lot of real thuggish shit they kind of remind me of um Oh God, who am I thinking of here? God damn it! Not 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 nine one one. Who was that? Fuck nine one one was Paulie's choke slamming bodyguard. Ah uh, shit, yeah, no, I can't no, remember. No. Rocco Rock. What the fuck was that tag team? God damn it! Remember remember Rocco Rock? I've uh, Rocco Rock, Johnny Grunge, Public Enemy. Oh, fuck okay. me. It's sort of like a more modern, up to date. Public Enemy, they work. They work pretty shitty. Yeah. Those guys are pretty nasty back in the day. Look up their baseball promo. Great promo from a couple of guys that have sort of been forgotten by the annals of modern time. Public Enemy's baseball bat promo, so fucking good. God, it was delivered with force. They looked great, like you said, Xavier, who is sort of uh, you know if, if if Kofi's the Michaels and Biggie's the Cass and Xavier's the Enzo, he looked good. He, looked he moved around. Yeah. I think he looked great. And then after that, it was just what the fuck after what the fuck. Yeah, what was the second match was Nakamura and Nakamura Corbin. and Corbin. That was a snooze fest. Not- I have a feeling. Let's and, and we can jump between this and SmackDown. Sure. Did you see SmackDown this week? I did. Okay, that SmackDown. They realize at this pay per view. I feel like internally they realize, man, we missed the mark here. I this hope was so. not great I across hope they multiple. That. And by the way, if you don't feel like spending any money on the WWE Network. You always know that the night after, you'll get the entire same goddamn yeah. pay-per-view or special event on that SmackDown or Raw in some iteration. Yeah, I love rematches It is to nothing death. but fucking rematches yeah. the very next goddamn night, which is another trope 
Much like the champion losing but keeping mm-hmm. the belt, they need to get away from. Nakamura and Corbin had an okay match that ended in a stupid nut shot from Corbin to Nakamura. Right. That was just such a dull thud of an ending after an okay match that I feel like their Tuesday SmackDown match was a direct response because that thing was fucking fire. It was good. They kicked the yeah. shit out of each well, other. Well, and the the thing about you know the rematch after rematch is because you know you're 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 telling a long form story essentially. So you know with with the match that happened on Sunday, um, you know both of those guys you want to protect. Corbin's your Money in the Bank um, winner and possibly one of your next champions, and Nakamura is this huge star that you dropped a shit ton of money for that has all this buzz. You kind of want to protect. Both of them. So they do the cheap nut shot victory or whatever. But then, on, like you said, on, on Tuesday on SmackDown, um, it was the next chapter in that story because Corbin did the, uh, you know, duck out of the ring, run around, go back in, clothesline sort of thing. Nakamura had it scouted because it happened the other night. And the same thing for um, oh, what was the other fucking spot where that happened? I don't remember. It was, an, it was another one of those things where it was like the next you know, Nakamura learned from the mistakes of the couple days prior to to overcome whatever Corbin was throwing at him. So in, in that respect, in telling the story in different uh, chapters, it worked. Do I get tired of seeing the match after ma- the same match after match? Yeah, but I, I, I understand why they do it. Maybe they just don't have to do it to the to the level that they do. I was just excited to finally see <clears throat> on Tuesday, which we haven't seen yet. You know, he's, he's strong style this, right. strong style that. He hasn't, I haven't seen fuck from shit from him that looks like strong, strong style. style. You want to see strong style, go watch him. Uh, I believe it was Nakamura Tanahashi, Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom 9, I think. I can't recall. Um, but I was I, Omega what was at 9. Or was that? Was it Omega at 9? I, I can't even act like I know. I know they had a match at a Wrestle Kingdom recently in the past couple of years, so that's all I got. Okay. That's all uh, I got. It's climax. Um... Everybody's yeah, shit. I can't there. recall. Someone Bones will right definitely now. fucking check in with yeah. us. Uh, at Wrestle Kingdom 10, he fought AJ. And if I don't find at Wrestle Kingdom 9, he defeated Ibushi. Oh, That's okay. the match you're looking for. That match, he almost murdered Ibushi. I thought he was. That's the match I was watching. I was like, wait a minute. I remember the match because he had the huge crown and it was right. a fucking bananas entrance. He almost killed him. He almost fucking killed Kota. And I saw flashes of that on Tuesday where he was laying some of those kicks in. He had that moment where in the corner, Corbin's facing down in the corner. He's trying to get up. He's pulling himself up and he runs over and he drops a knee into the back of Corbin's neck and upper back. And Corbin's looking away. Corbin maybe knows it's coming, but he can't see the moment of impact. And he fucking slams his head so goddamn hard onto that man that I'm in here watching it with the misses. And both of us like reeled back like, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know if that was planned or if that was a hell of a sell job by Corbin. But between that, a great looking Kinsasha, between great strikes, spinning elbow strikes and shit, he looked like strong style Nakamura, I think. As far as I'm concerned, for the first time on the main right. roster. Yeah, prob- probably NXT the best had some moments. had on the main <clears throat> roster so far. Yeah, yes. the, the one the one on Sunday, you know, even before the 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 finish, it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, what else did we have after that? Women's five way was up next after that. With, uh, <sighs> we've 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 uh, Becky and Natty dropping people left and right. Yeah, we've fallen pretty far from the uh, women's revolution of uh, 
the last couple of years, huh? Fuck me, we have. God damn, have we it's, ever? We. I think a lot of it has to do <clears throat> with these multi-person matches. It seems like all it is is just these multi-women matches. Like, when's the last time um, Naomi had a decent challenge? Sorry, Lana. Yeah, well, when do we get away from having feuds amongst individual women? Like, it's always been, like, over on Raw, you got kind of a three-way dance going on with the Lux and the Contenders and all that, which is a kind of a standard story. But before that, there was three of them going at it, and, you know, Nia was showing up alongside Alexa. You just can't have one-on-ones. I mean, why can Kevin and AJ have a feud? Cena and Rusev have a feud. Zayn and Kanellis have a feud. But with the women, you got to throw them all in this big fucking soup pot. Like, I'm okay with having individual, like, have Tamina and Lana go at it because Tamina, who's a second, third generation right. wrestler, doesn't feel like Lana's earned her way yeah. in and pulls a fucking cast and Enzo and beats her up while Lana's got something to prove that she could stand on her own. And Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, you were my friend, but since you've shown up here on the main roster with all this genetic bullshit, what the hell are you right. talking about? And then, meanwhile, Naomi's sitting there at the top waiting for someone to take the king. Yeah. You pile them into this bullshit like this, and they're less than the sum of their parts. Right, and I don't, you know, <clears throat> Natty is, uh, you know, Natty's a very competent wrestler. She's not super exciting, um, but you know, she has uh, she has tenure, she has experience, and like I said, she's she's a pretty good damn wrestler. Um, she just doesn't have the the pizzazz. I was going to use the word flair, but I caught myself. The the pizzazz of the women's revolution, because she's been there for so long. So she is often Yeah, she is kind of an old head. Yeah. I mean, mean, keep in mind, she was a fucking, she was a funkadactyl at one point. No, I'm talking about Natty, not Naomi. Oh, I thought you were talking about Naomi. No, I'm talking about Natty. Excuse me. Natty's been there way longer than than Naomi. Oh, yeah, Natty's the fucking elder statesman of the women's division at this point. So she, she, that's why it kind of, it kind of came out of left field. I wasn't really expecting it. Um, but you know, I think that the Naomi and Natty can have a pretty hell of a, hell of a good match and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, but uh, you've got, you've got Charlotte there who is leaps and bounds above anybody else, um, on either, uh, roster in terms of women, in my opinion. And she's just kind of, you know, taking L's and, and all kinds of shit. It's just, it's just weird to me. Yeah. Now, now <clears throat> you probably read this today too, and you know we'll, we'll stick with the battleground theme here. But we might not be long for this world with the current rosters on each showcase yeah. because of them apparently doing another superstar shakeup after SummerSlam. That this might become a biannual thing where every six months they shake the rosters up and move on. And with there not being any more year long feuds anymore, yeah. shit. There's barely anything more than two month feuds. You know what? That's okay, but I think the big revelation from when I hear about this shakeup is the fact that some main rostered folks are going to go down to NXT, which they stated that you're going to see main roster people make their way down to NXT and some make their way up. I wouldn't mind seeing someone like Alana go down yeah. to NXT yeah. and then you go ahead and you send up uh, and Oscar, you go ahead and send up a Nikki Cross. Yeah. Send some send some people down there that need the NXT shine to them. Go ahead and send uh, Dana Brooke back down. Get her back down there. Send Lana back down and make her a fixture down yeah. there. Not excuse me, Lana. Uh, Emma, send her back down Emma there can and bring up down some, there. 
She'll man uh, her Tamina. Tamina's looked far better than she did the last right. time she was in the company. But I feel like she could still kind of maybe use a little Polishing. bit of oomph from that NXT crowd. Yeah. yeah, just a little something from that NXT crew to really kind of put some wind in her sails, and then send some quality up, send some Nikki Crosses up, send some Oscars up, and you can fill these women's rosters out. Who knows if that'll happen? Next match was the one where had people motherfuckers scratching their heads well after. And that was Owens and Styles, which was supposed to be the match of the night yeah. and almost was. Well, even even so, it felt like, you know, the, the last time they had a match was, what, Backlash? Was it that long ago um, when, when Styles' leg got caught in the uh, announce table and Owens, I think, retained because he was a champ at that point? I, I know I know Kevin Owens and I know AJ Styles and I know together that they can put on a barn burner. Um, it it wasn't as good as I expected. Maybe I hyped it up too much in my head as this is going to be the shit, and it just it, it it fell a little flat. And then the finish, which upon further review a couple days later, you look at one of the angles that you know there was a gif of floating around, and um, Styles looks like he's just waiting for the. Like something, something was Bosch in that finish. I think like he didn't. And get there's his footage out up. there of AJ yelling at the referee, right. and he's looking, and and Owens hesitates, and then grabs the belt and goes out there right. and does it. Reports have come out that that was an absolute botched finish, right. and there should have been maybe a second referee involvement after he took the kick, the referee to the face, yeah. which was he hilarious. sat there and sold it. I did love that. It was great, yeah. great fucking kick to the mush. And he, but he sat there way long, sold it, and you're you're a ref, you're not a competitor, right. so way to super duper yeah. sell it. But you continued to, and continued right. to, and continued, and you to. didn't get in well, correct position are, for the count. Yeah, and and I've heard from people and and referees in in podcasts before that they do have a company policy with referees. I'm not sure why they. They hold themselves to such stringent standards sometimes and others they don't whatsoever. If you see a wrestler's shoulders on the mat, you count one, two, three. And he did. So he kind of did his job. The guy's shoulders were down, AJ's, and Kevin Owens retains. And then they go and they have, you know. He won it back. uh, Or won it back. Excuse me. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, AJ. Yes, he he won it back. And so Kevin Owens got his title back after AJ won it at Madison Square Garden. And then they had to go and do what they had to do on Tuesday which was, holy shit, out of nowhere. Chris Jericho. Fucking Jericho returns. Yeah, that shocked the hell out of me. Was Do you think that was a planned return? Or was that a, listen, this situation got fucked up. Can we call in a favor real quick, Chris? Uh, Any chance you might want to do a two or three week long program and then head back out? Because he just left. And I was so stoked to see him. And yeah. I loved it. I forgot how, God, it seems like a lifetime ago that you had the festival of friendship know, and two best I men know. in the but it seemed like a called-in favor to me for some. I don't know. Uh, mm. Obviously, I, I haven't looked at Fozzie tour date, so I don't know what uh, he's got going on the next couple months. I feel like you know we're ramping up the SummerSlam now, so this could be you know Chris coming back to finish the story with Owens because you know Owens wrote him off TV by attacking him after winning the title back after uh, after Mania. So that he's been gone that long, which is about what three months or so. Um, so I don't know. It, it could go either way. I, go either way. I feel like uh, it could have been just a favor, like you said, or I feel like it could have been ramping up to something in the SummerSlam. Uh, obviously, once because the SummerSlam card takes shape, we'll have a better idea. He's touring in October, November. 
He's he's right back well, out. Yeah, but that's with after Fozzie. SummerSlam. So so he might do a little something up to SummerSlam sure. to kind of add some oomph to SummerSlam. Right. A little and maybe maybe he was in the cards the entire time. Another thing that led me to believe that it might be, hey, we kind of fucked this up. Would you mind helping? Certainly a possibility. Mask yeah. it with a, that. His demeanor in there was so loose and fun yeah. and fresh and I'm out here I've basically been given carte blanche to come out here and kind of act like a bit of a fuck off and have a little fun yeah. like he seemed like he was having a great time almost to the point of where he came out there with a I'm doing these guys a favor swagger well I mean and, anytime Jericho comes back he does Jericho doesn't need to wrestle anymore he loves wrestling so, you know, he does it like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll come back, I'll do this. I don't have any dates that, that month or whatever. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, and it's, it's, it's fun to see him back because he does – he's just a great, great all-around performer. He's great on the mic. He really is. He's, we are watching Jericho in his prime right yeah. now, which is incredible to see. He's late in the years, man. He's long in the tooth, but he is still able, thanks to DDP Yoga, pay us um, – Still able to put on great matches, and for that, you know, we we got past the cool dad shtick. There's no saying he won't go back to it, but for right now, I I can't see any downfalls in having Jericho around. As long as he's got the list, yeah. as long as oh, he's clutching yeah. on that list, that's, putting on that's good matches. Titantron is the list of Jericho, so that that's 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 the gimmick right now. So then after that, you had a match that it, it, it was. I'm still I still don't know why. And I still feel like on the same card, you had two of the same storyline, American Hero, Foreign Horde, oh. Rusev Cena, flag match God. with the podiums oh. and the flags. Oh. And it, this was a, man, Garbage. Cena is a special performer. He's going to be a special attraction soon. And the guy should be sold. He needs to be put in kind of that Brock Lesnar-like position of like, when he comes back, let's make it a big deal. Yeah. He needs to be a special attraction right now with his limited schedule. And God love it because there's other guys in the past that didn't do it. Your Hogan's of the world sure. at the time in WCWs. Some people like even Stone Cold who didn't want to put over a Brock before he did the, mm-hmm. you know, before he walked out. God love Cena wanting to come in and put over Rusev just by working with. I know he defeated them, but right. still just to come in and feud with Rusev and not jump right into a world title program. Right. But this match was not very entertaining. Long. It, had a, it had a plottingly long yeah. pace. It was the second longest match of the night at 21 minutes. And it was felt a like tired... Yeah, it felt like a while with just the stuff at the top of the ramp. and Yeah, I, I'm tired of gimmick a lot matches. And we'll get into this the Punjabi prison. I'm, uh, I'm kind of gimmick matched out at this point. I kind of just want to see two people slug it out in the fucking ring, man. Just, yeah. just let him go at it. You know, Rusev's a hoss. John Cena can work his ass off. Just let them beat each other up. You don't have to have, you know, a, a very athletic man fake struggle to climb two turnbuckles to reach a flag. It takes me yeah. out of the moment. And it's 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 a tired, tired gimmick match. It's it's an old, tired idea, man. Just, just don't do them anymore. I get you want to be all patriotic and whatever, but again – it's the second one of those stories on the show. You don't have, you don't need more than one. If, if you need one at all, uh, you don't need either one in right. 2017. 
you don't need ha ha they're gay or man women sure are dumb right or hey that person's brown fuck them yeah. <laughs> you it's a it's an old tiny yeah. Betamax era uh Bill Watts Baldville. mid-south uh wrestling trope that we've moved on yeah. from and on top of that it just wasn't that great a match and to me felt like a waste of John Cena yeah. Who has limited time left, limited gas left in the tank? You know he's probably going to be resting a very light yeah. schedule in the next couple of years. So make his time count. And to me, a flag match. Have him in there with Rusev. Yeah. But like you said, have a fucking horse fight. Have them do what they did at WrestleMania. Yeah. Have them fucking go at it. But don't not not this not this. And it was just not entertaining. No, I can't find now, a single positive in that match. Now, at this point, we get to the next match, which is, the, unfortunately, the piss break. Yeah. And it seems like, according to reports, they are fucking already kind of out on Mike Kanellis. DOA, well. And Zami Zayn beats him quick. Seven minutes. Yeah. And then beats him again on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, is that how you're rolling out the new dude? I don't understand it, man. I, I, this, I mean, I know the theme song's their most over thing. The theme song's great. But they... Uh, they haven't really given them any backstory or any anything aside from saying we love each other. That's their gimmick is that they love each other and the power of love can can overcome all or or, or whatever. That's I don't even know because they haven't really explained it. They just love each other and give each other Eskimo kisses. And I feel like I feel like he's got. He's got himself, Bennett has got himself a little bit of that ROH shine when, if it's from ROH, it must be great. You know what? He ain't. I watched him as the Miracle in TNA. He ain't. Right. Go watch his matches, and you tell me what's distinct about what he does versus anybody else on that roster. If you would have told me I would have seen a Mike Bennett in in the WWE before Adam Cole, I'd have laughed in your face. I'd have absolutely laughed and to get the fuck here out are. of here moron and here we are him essentially co-main eventing a goddamn paper but let's be honest would he be here had he not married maria canellis i don't think so oh fuck no yeah. no that was this 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 is a marrow sable thing this is where <laughs> This Bennett yeah. is going to head elsewhere at some point, and Canellis is going to stick around right. and, make and, some and, and make some fucking scratch somewhere, and those two will just be uh, lovers with different promotion mothers. Yeah, yeah this you're already hearing that if, if rumor and innuendo to be believed. They're already kind of like, eh, all right, well, we brought your dude in, and we don't really give much of a fuck. You know what? And S- we're moving on. Send them both down to NXT. I think they could do That'd well in great. NXT together. I think it's a fantastic idea. The fact that they made that was another head scratch. When I heard they got signed, I was like, okay, that's cool. Let's see what they do with right. them. There's a lot of great matchups between maybe Rude or maybe have them do. Oh, their main roster right. immediately. Yeah. Like the fuck is that about? Yeah. I mean, I get dudes been doing it for a hot second. I mean, you know, Bennett's no young gun to the game. Bennett at this point, you know, he's 32. He's been wrestling for goddamn ever. But don't don't just main roster him right off the bat. Yeah. Maria maybe. God, how much would that suck? You come in with your wife, she's main right. rostered, and you're fucking NXT, yeah. and you're having to go down there and taking elbows from the fucking Velveteen Dream, and meanwhile she's in a goddamn angle with, you know, uh, Alana, Charlotte, or something with the authority. Sure. Who that makes for a quiet dinner conversation. <laughs> it, it does. And then finally, you have 
the main event. Oh, boy. Which I would love to get into the writer's room and say, why would we need a third Punjabi prison match when the first two were filled with the man so fucking incapable of doing what we hired him to do that we roll it out for a third time? It's got to be awful to transport, a motherfucker to set up, confusing as shit with the inner doors, inner cage, outer cage, fourth door, calling for the referees to be... It's a dumb fucking concept. You could have Brett and goddamn Sean in there, and it would still... It would would subtract from them. You could have Rock and Austin at their fucking peak in that thing, and you'd be like, get this goddamn bamboo forest out of my vision so I can see what the fuck is yeah. happening. Nobody, nobody could see. The rules were stupid. Um, and again, this was supposed to be uh, something to keep the Bollywood boys out. And that didn't happen. And on top of that, we got the fucking great Kali back uh, to nobody's delight. Um, man, the, the, if there were two positives from the match... I'd say it was the bump from the top of the prison onto the announce table that one of the Bollywood boys took. Yeah, was, Samir Singh yeah, fell off. Singh which is not Bollywood boys anymore. Fall. I gotta stop calling them that. The Singh brothers, yeah. Uh, and then um, Orton just kind of like using those those long midi legs that you love so much to just mm. climb from the inner cage to the outer cage. It's like, yeah, fuck these doors. <laughs> and just like, yeah, like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I'm getting out of this dump. Now, now, Ginger, excuse me, um, Kali did not show up on SmackDown, correct? Uh, no, he did not. So that was hopefully, by the grace of God, go I if you're listening. Yeah, that was a that was a one and done. Like it's a guarantee. If you have a Punjabi prison match you gotta have, between yeah. uh, uh, Becky Lynch and Bull Dempsey, fucking Mahal showing a uh, 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 Kali showing up. I don't know. Bull Dempsey, yeah, he pulled yeah. that one out. Yeah, hey, if you listen to the Patreon podcast, you're going to want to know why we want you to combine those two. <laughs> uh, Go listen to the show. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Is Kali only coming back for that? I'm, I hope I so. I hope They're not so. forming this Indian stable. Although there was some 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 uh, scuttlebutt the next couple of days about him maybe working a match at SummerSlam. Which okay. is a terrible With idea. With who? I don't know. Orton, probably. If I had to guess, that's the only thing that makes sense at this point. It's too quick oh. to start something with anybody else. I mean, Kali cost Orton the match and the title. So it looks like uh, Mahal and Orton is finally over with this. So, Which led to the biggest revelation. And I can't believe they're giving this match away on TV. John Cena versus Nakamura next week on SmackDown to determine who faces Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam. How fucking bass backwards is that shit? What the shit is that? How the fuck is that not one of the... How is that not the main event of a SummerSlam alongside, you know, the four-way beef tactic, fucktacular four-man... Which is going to be amazing. Which is going to be fucking fantastic. Uh, I'm talking about is Strowman, Roman, Joe, Joe, and and Lesnar. Right. So... How do you not make that the co-main event or the main event? You're giving away for free on there to take on gender. Gender is the fucking. Well, okay. I mean, and I love gender and we've we've sung his praises. I'm glad the guy's doing well. And I would love to see him have a prominent match at SummerSlam. But, but Nakamura 
And Cena is a special thing. It is. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Is is do you think we're going to get a clean finish in this match? Of course not. Baron Corbin is going to come out and cost Nakamura the match. Cena will go yeah. on to face Jinder Mahal at uh, uh, SummerSlam, win his 17th record title, and then you know, then who knows? Maybe Corbin cashes in sometime after that or not. You know, Cena's walking out of SummerSlam with the strap. Come on, let's be honest. 17-time world champion. Yeah. Can't wait to read some of those fucking hot takes on Monday after that guy. Oh yeah. Well, you know. And, and kudos to Brad, our loyal listener, who finds uh, finds the most amazing ways to shit on Cena. It's it's truly a sight to behold on the Facebook page. Um, but yeah, the Nakamura Cena match for, for how long that is going to last on Tuesday should be fucking great. And there's no reason that we wouldn't get a full proper match from those two down the line at some point as well. I would hope so. I just I don't need I don't need Kali to be a part of this no, thing. Me either. Can I tell you what pissed me off the most about Battleground? Please. So, obviously, I've been speaking at great length about my love for uh, Brizongo and the Fashion Files. Shoot, yeah, this, this, this fucking dick tease, which yeah. I watched SmackDown to find out what the fuck happened. Yeah, was there even a... Did I miss a segment on SmackDown with those two, or did they not... Did, no, they didn't do right. anything on SmackDown. Yeah, after they they promised the payoff at Battleground and then fakey out with the Ascension, like, oh, wait, no, it wasn't us. It's still somebody else. Fuck you, man. You, you've been building this up for over a month, and you're going to... You're going to say that you're going to reveal who it is at Battleground, and then we get to Battleground, and you still fucking cock-tease us and pull us along? Fuck you. That's bullshit. Yeah, you gave us a a, a progression. like, oh, I guess they're going to conclude this on Tuesday. Nothing. And then there's nothing. No Tyler Breeze in his Agent Scully wig, which I really wanted to see. Yeah, you 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 got fucked over. Yeah, I don't like it. I felt bad knowing that was kind of like that was that was a, th- a thing you dig, and and I kind of like the creepiness of the segment where, you know, there you see the little light blinking, and then yeah. you know, there goes there goes Fandango getting drug off by someone, which screams Harper Rowan, yeah, which reeks Harper yeah, Rowan. I mean, I just, just fucking get on with it already and bring those two back and fold them into the tag team division. <sighs> you know, they had a funny little Ascension show up. You know, I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, yeah, that pissed me off about Battleground. I'm not gonna lie. What did you call? What did you want to call the Singh brothers? Uh, Jinder Mahal, oh, Great uh, Kali, um, India, uh, India Incorporated, India Incorporated, India Incorporated. Although, um, uh, fuck, who was it? Somebody one up me. I think was it Graham? I don't remember. Um, well, I posted that on on the Facebook, and then uh, then he said Calcutta Corporation, which is way funnier than mine. Calcutta Corporation. That was way funnier oh, than mine. India Incorporated. Who the fuck was it? Yeah, it was Graham. Graham McPherson. He said Calcutta Corporation. Fold Brock into it and you get the the Beast India Company. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's good. You should be a comedian. And now, don't come see me Saturday night at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. Please buy fucking tickets because I have to somehow get more than the $211 that I have left. Because if you listen to the Patreon podcast, you're going to hear why that I spent 15 of my remaining dollars on gay dinosaur erotic fan fiction. That is 100% fact. That is what we discuss on the Patreon. Uh, roughhouse dot, or Patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. It is worth your dollars a month. And go see Justin this Saturday, Baltimore Comedy Factory, if you're in town. Uh, tickets still available for both shows, my friend? BaltimoreComedy.com. Mm-hmm. Baltimore Comedy Factory on Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
and I will discuss such stories as the T-Rex made me gay, the unicorn sailor, <laughs> a billionaire dinosaur forced me, and what was one of the other ones that I like? Um, the Space Raptor Butt Invasion. Yeah, that's a good one. And um, Jurassic Pork. <laughs> Did anything happen on Raw? No, it was it was um it was preempted this week for Jake and the Fat Man. That's <laughs> so obscure. Glorious. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast featuring one guy whose radio dreams came true and another guy who failed miserably at being a successful broadcaster. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network.